Welcome to Healthcare's Missing Link, a weekly podcast to help you uncover hidden things that steal your health. Thanks for joining us today. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Hey everyone, welcome to another one, of course. And this one is going to be a little bit different because I bet you we have been asked uh, 50 times about some thoughts or facts on the COVID-19 vaccine. And I've compiled a lot of notes, asked a lot of questions, and uh, done some research and verification on my own. And I'm going to do my best to share with you some, some thoughts. With the caveat being right now, I'm not going to try to talk you into or out of this. We're not going to take this as a pro or anti-vax sort of a podcast, but we're going to give you some things to consider because I really believe people need more information. And right now, information is kind of lacking. So just so you'll know, I think I've came up with about 15 things to consider. And I'm just going to go through these things uh, for you. And I want you to really um, take it in. So I want you to stop right now where you are, open your mind, uh, try to do your best to uh, pull out what you've heard uh, and open the mind up perhaps to what we would call neuroplasticity. In other words, don't be closed-minded. Learn a thing or two. Have the courage to think for yourself. And I mean that very sincerely. Don't let media think for you. Don't let me think for you. Don't let my wife, Dr. Michelle, think for you. And don't let a pastor think for you. You think for yourself based upon information that you are given and you process and you consider as reasonable. With that said, let's jump into this concept of the COVID-19 vaccines. First of all, the COVID-19 vaccines are known as messenger messenger RNA vaccines or known as mRNA vaccines. They're completely new in their type of delivery of a vaccine. No mRNA vaccine has ever been licensed for human use before. In essence, we have absolutely zero idea of what to expect from this particular vaccine. We really have no idea of whether it's going to be safe or effective or not. And of course, we don't have long-term data because long-term has not yet occurred. So we may not know for a long time whether this has been a success or not. And again, we're not saying it's bad or good. We're just saying that that is what we know at this point. Now, this is opposing to traditional vaccines, which basically work like this. They introduce a piece of virus to stimulate an immune reaction. Now, that's a good thing. So this new messenger mRNA vaccine is completely different than that because it actually injects or, as known, transfects molecules of synthetic genetic material from non-human sources into our cells. Now, once this um, synthetic DNA material is transfected into our cells, the genetic material then interacts with our transfer RNA or tRNA to make a foreign protein that supposedly, we believe, teaches the body to destroy the virus uh, being coded for. Now, note that these newly created proteins are not regulated by our own DNA, and they're thus completely foreign to ourselves. So really what they're capable of doing, not doing, continuing to do, or maintaining their job, we don't really know. So we also 
understand that these new vaccines additionally may be contaminated with, like many vaccines, aluminum, mercury, and possibly formaldehyde. Um, good luck finding the ingredients. I, I've looked, I haven't found anything, so I don't know if it's a lack of disclosure. I don't know if it's a lack of availability. I, I don't know, but we'll keep looking on that. And if you find that, send it our way. Um, please understand that this messenger RNA molecule that we're transfecting into our bodies is vulnerable towards destruction. So in order to protect this fragile mRNA strand, while they're being inserted into our DNA, they're coated with what's called pegylated lipid nanoparticles. Now we have used nanoparticles uh, many times in supplements because nanoparticles can surround things and kind of cloak them, if you will, and bring them into the body so they can be absorbed into the membranes uh, quicker. But this is a little bit different. So this coating actually hides the mRNA from our immune system, which ordinarily would kill any foreign material, of course, that's injected into the body. So this pegylated lipid uh, nanoparticle um, has been used in several different drugs and as well as we call supplements for a number of years. So that technology is not new. It's just new to this particular type of vaccine. So because of their effect on immune system balance, several studies have, have shown them to induce potential allergies or even autoimmune conditions. So uh, additionally, please understand that these pegylated lipid nanoparticles have been shown to trigger uh, many times, as stated, our own immune systems. So that can also cause damage to the liver. That would be recognizing this thing is a toxin. This doesn't belong here. So it can be regulated or it can be recognized as foreign or even toxic. So please understand that you're hearing in the news a lot that there's new strains of viruses. And that is true. That should not surprise anybody because since viruses do mutate frequently, the chance of any vaccine working for more than a year is unlikely. Hence, we all understand the idea of the influenza vaccine every year. It's a little bit different strain based upon the best guess, best ascertainment of what the strain is going to be that's going to appear that year. So when we hear about strains, do not be uh, bewildered or confused by that. Of course, that makes perfect sense. So these vaccines are not likely to be effective um, one and done or this one here and you know now we're in 2021 uh, this vaccine we're administering in the current uh, pandemic it's not likely to be okay next year so that's why the flu vaccine as we talked about it does change every year so you know don't take this wrong but last year's vaccine is no more valuable than last year's newspaper it's old news um, the the thing that probably is the thing that concerns me the most and even my wife is that there's really no long-term studies uh, that have been done to ensure that any of these mRNA vaccines don't cause cancer, seizures, heart disease, allergies, autoimmune diseases as seen in other vaccines. Again, we know in other vaccines, association does not equal cause. So I want to be careful with that one. But we know when vaccines are introduced in the body, it's inducing uh, the immune response. And the body's immune response is pretty complex. In other words, we're not going to figure it out. So anytime you bring in any sort of foreign vaccine, we're, we're taking a chance that we think we understand our own system, but we might not. But the bottom line is, with the newness of this, and let's use a word that we're familiar with, the novelty of this new 
mRNA vaccine technology is thus. If you ever wanted to be a human guinea pig for big pharma, uh, you pretty much now have a golden opportunity. Um, what do other people say about this? And I pulled off a couple quotes here, and I'm going to name a source so you can look it up for yourself. And by the way, all of these references that I have used, I'll put in the feed down here so you can look them up yourself if you're so inclined. Many experts do question whether the messenger RNA technology is ready for prime time. And as we know through Operation Warp Speed, which was the the uh, this, the sort of, I guess, the task force, if you will, that was supposed to develop, develop the vaccine, they were pretty fast, extraordinary. Some extraordinarily uh, smart, intelligent human beings developed this stuff. So we don't want to talk about or diminish their intelligence, but it was really fast. So um, in November 2020, uh, Dr. Peter J. Hotez said of the new mRNA vaccines, I worry about the innovation at the expense of practicality because they, meaning the mRNA vaccines, are weighted towards technology platforms that have never made it to licensure before. Now, Dr. Hotez is the professor of pediatrics and molecular virology and microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine, where he's also the director of Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development. Another doctor, um, Michelle or Michael, I, I'm not sure how to say that, uh, Lionel, N-L-I-N-I-A-L. He's a PhD, a professor of biochemistry. Um, and because of her research and forecasts of COVID-19, uh, she has been widely quoted in the media. But she recently stated this, and I quote, I won't be taking it, of course, the mRNA vaccine immediately, probably not for at least the coming year. We have to wait and see whether it really works. We have to have a safety profile for only a certain number of months. So if there's a long-term effect for two years, we don't know. We can't know. So she's saying basically that's only the, the safety profile we have is just a matter of months. We, we don't know long-term, one year, two year, what this is going to do. Additionally, in November 2020, the Washington Post, which is a well-respected um, uh, publication reported on the hesitancy among healthcare practitioners in the United States to the mRNA vaccines, citing surveys which reported that, quote, some did not want to be in the first round so they could wait and see if there are potential side effects, end quote, and that, quote, doctors and nurses want more data before championing vaccines to the end of the pandemic. Now, End quote. And and personally, I've asked a variety of uh, healthcare professionals. And it's a mixed bag. Some are excited about it. Some are like, oh no. So we have seen this from an informal sort of poll among our colleagues and friends. And there's strong feelings ever on both sides of the coin, of course. Um, this is a statistical one that I want you to catch. So since the death rate from COVID basically resumed to the normal flu death rate way back in about early September in the United States 2020, you know, some would say the pandemic at that point, by very definition, and I agree, was over at that point. And, and that's true based upon the death rate. Remember, pandemic is defined impartial by the amount of death that's occurring. So therefore, at this point in time, the question becomes, if there's no pandemic, 
by definition, is a vaccine needed? So there are certainly um, broadcasted scare techniques and fear uh, tactics, and those have been around forever. So don't think this is uh, new, but about escalating cases, which is different than escalating deaths. And that's based upon the PCR or polymerase chain reaction test that um, based on that because it exceeds 34 amplifications. And at that point, just understand some analytics that once you get past four or five amplifications of this PCR test, four or five, you're 100% certain. But as you dip down into the 15, 20, 35, 30, 40, or whatever these amplifications, you can now correlate that to 100% false positive rates unless, again, it's performed, get this caveat, between the third and the fifth day after the first symptoms. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure what that means. So I, I think that we need to understand that there is a quite a false positivity rate. And I think we all have stories from people that said, yeah, I, I went and got tested and I had no symptoms. I was positive and I went back and later got an antibody test and I was negative. And it's true. You can have that the, the vice versa uh, uh, there as well. But please understand that just because you get a PCR test, and it's positive, that does not mean technically you're infected. That could mean at most you're affected. The virus could be up in the uh, the nasopharyngeal cavity area, and that does not mean it's inside your body. That means they did capture a little bit of DNA. And remember, the amount of amplifications would dive deeper and deeper and look down and find smaller and smaller and smaller amounts. So again, uh, what amounts mean infected? What amounts mean anything when you're affected? I don't know, but that's some definitely some food for thought, so to speak. So, you know, when you get down to this many uh, amplifications, if you don't do it between the third and the fifth day after the first symptoms, you could say it's probably 100% inaccurate with zero symptoms. So this is well established, of course, in scientific literature. And I've got a, a, a paper that's attached for you in the in the readings below this particular podcast. Um, the other concept, some believe that you don't need a vaccine for COVID-19 uh, because substantial herd immunity has already taken place in the U.S. Now, this is um, primarily, they would say, that group, that's the end of the pandemic. When the death rate went down to correlate that, the flu, the pandemic ended, so therefore herd immunity uh, occurred. You can see the argument. Uh, I can see both sides of it, err on the side of caution, err on the side of herd immunity, uh, but you make your choice. Um, I think we understand the next point I'm going to make is Unfortunately, you can't completely trust what you hear in the media. Uh, I think that's a big surprise or not. Uh, The media is designed to sell viewership. That's what it is. I'm not knocking the men and women. I honor them and I appreciate them trying to share facts. However, I think we all understand that the perpetual drip of fear in the media is not a positive thing especially when you look at the information that's been uh, broadcasted forth. Remember all the models, all the the multiple millions of people that were supposed to die? Well, that didn't happen. So there was some information that was given on the media that was inconsistent or turned out later to be wrong. And since sometimes, you know, big pharma is powerful and um, 
selling vaccines is big business. And by the way, you can't sue if vaccines kill people. That's a fascinating fact that I found out. Um, you're not going to get a lot of forthcoming information with uh, mRNA vaccines. You might get some. You might dig. And I've dug pretty hard. And that's what I can find here. Um, and every statement that I've made is fully backed by the references that I'll have below here in the feed. So, it, you know, when you look at like leaders wanting to be examples, I'll be very interested to see how many leaders uh, that are well recognized in our world step up and and really prove that they and their family got this particular vaccine. And if they do, fine. Uh, and I think it's, you know, that's their choice. And that's the point of this particular podcast in general, to give people information so they can make good choices. So after going through all of this information, if you still want to get injected with the mRNA vaccine, um, perhaps consider getting your antibodies tested first. There's a lot of antibodies out there. Antibodies are valuable to know because why do we think they're valuable? Because here's the thing. Um, when President Trump uh, got, and President Trump, for those of you that might not know, live under a rock. He he's, was the president um, the last four years in the U.S., um, but he actually got COVID-19, at least he tested positive for it, and they gave him what was called monoclonal antibodies, and where did they get the idea of monoclonal antibodies? Well, they looked back and they found that other people before him that didn't have a vaccine had developed antibodies to the COVID-19 on their own, which was kind of cool, so scientists did the brilliant thing that they do. They cloned the, the genetic properties of the antibody. And the company that did that um, actually, you know, got that technology and they gave some of those antibodies to an IV form to President Trump and he got over it. Of course, that was great. So uh, clearly these antibodies work, but they work better if you produce them. I think that's a, a done no-brainer moment. So if you have antibodies, a question not saying you know, yes or no. But a question you might ask yourself is, do I have COVID-19 antibodies? And some would say the naysayers, well, they're not going to last. Well, right. They're not going to last for a particular strain, but the instructions to make antibodies to variants of COVID-19 might last because I think we all understand there's, we all know the stories that someone has taken a flu vaccine and actually got the flu. Of course, that makes sense. We know people that have taken the flu vaccine and got the flu sometimes or not at all. We know people that have not taken the flu vaccine ever and never got the flu and everything in between. We all got the stories. So these viruses move in their mutations. So perhaps there's no need for a person really to get immunized if they already have shown the ability to make antibodies. So here's the bottom line. This is probably maybe me, you know, I, I, I guess, and this you know, again, this is my opinion. Don't make it as a gospel. I would probably rather get the COVID vaccine or the COVID virus myself than the vaccine develop my own antibodies. I think my system's strong. It would probably be safer, more effective based upon the questions I have. But, you know, look, I mean, we've had a number of COVID positive flu cases uh, that go on and on. You know, some are old and has health concerns and you got to make your decision. And, and I think you have to base upon risk versus benefit, risk analysis, if you will. And that's fine. Um, you know, every person that we've dealt with uh, at our uh, place of business, the Functional Medical Institute has done very, very well on, um, you know, natural therapies to sort of optimize 
function of not just the immune function, but the whole body in general. And um, I feel really good about that. And just because um, modern medicine or conventional medicine has no effective treatment for viral infection, that doesn't mean there isn't one. I think the human body is unique to that end. And, and I'll wrap this up. In our belief, you know, God created the body in his own image. The body, the human body, folks, if you believe God, is the only thing God created in his image, the only creation. If God created the human being in his own image, that means he had a perfect idea of what the human being was going to look like. And so everything about us as human beings was created in God's own image, God's own image including the systems of the body, not just our brain, not just our gut, not just our musculoskeletal system, not just our endocrine system, but guess what? Our immune system. So can we say that God created our immune system in his image? Yes, we can. And yes, he did. So if he did that, and it includes the immune system, that meant that Jesus did not spend his time on earth worrying about getting sick because he had the immune system of God in him. And therefore we have that immune system in his image as well. And by the way, Jesus didn't get sick and nor did Jesus wear a mask. Now I get it. You say, well, Jesus lived in different times, but Jesus lived in times where leprosy was around and leprosy was much, much more contagious than COVID-19. Now, granted it is a different time and place, but just again, food for thought. Overall, let's never, and I want you to underline that in your brain, never put human science over the author of science. I'm going to say that one more time. Never place human science over or above the author of science. Additionally, never Again, I'm giving you two nevers. This is the second one. Never place any physician with more knowledge and power than the great physician. Say it one more time so you get the second never. Never put any physician in more knowledge and power than that of the great physician. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this particular uh, broadcast. This is very important to us, very important near and dear to our hearts. So I want you to listen to this over and over again. This is kind of a special um, one we've done on the thoughts, facts, um, ideas of this new mRNA vaccine. We do wish you the best with that. And we do ask you to pray through that situation intently. You know, follow what God has you do. And uh, we love you and we'll support you with that. So as always with all these podcasts, I ask you to subscribe, find out what's coming next, share it, talk about it. People need this one badly, so share it far and wide. Tell them about it. And we'll look forward to seeing you with other guests, other things going on for the next edition of Healthcare's Missing Link.